1: We all know that interviews can be intimidating and scary situations, so in today's episode, Shell and Em will share their top interview tips to keep you relaxed, calm, and also to keep you focused during that interview, so that when you do leave the room, you know that you've given yourself the best shot possible. Hey Em, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Going good? That's good. It is interviews, so I think this is possibly one of the most nerve-wracking parts of a recruitment process. Maybe not for me, I get to sit on the interviewer side but I see other people shaking.
0: It is definitely nerve-wracking. The resume I think is
1: the easy part, this is the hard part. This
0: is the hard part
1: but we're going to make it a little
0: bit easier. Definitely. So today we've kind of put together and compiled our top tips for what you can do to ace the interview.
1: Yeah we're on a bit of a top tip role in that we've combined five together and and we've got a bit of advice that we'll run through. So where do you want to start?
0: Well, I reckon we start at the beginning. Number one.
1: Oh, that'll do it.
0: (laughs) Number one. First thing I would recommend to anyone as they're looking to, or maybe they've just got their interview confirmation from their business or the uh, manager, is to start their preparation. And so a really good way that you can prepare for an interview is by writing out answers to questions and practicing them out loud. Now, I know that sounds really lame, but I think it makes a massive difference when you've actually practiced and rehearsed almost what you would respond to because that can help to counter some of those nerves that come up in the beginning, especially when you really want the job and uh, you want to impress someone. Practicing can make a big difference.
1: Yep. And I recommend practicing in the car. So that's my, um, I guess, preference or what I like to do is practice in the car because you've actually got this time where you're on your own, you're driving around. Sure, you could listen to some music or, or a podcast, dare I say it, but actually to use that time to speak to yourself, it's safe. Nobody's going to get you. Nobody's going to hear you. You don't have to look at yourself in a mirror, but you can hear it come out of your head because chances are when it actually, when you say it out loud, Compared to what it sounds like in your head, I promise you, it will, at least the first few times around, sound pretty trashy. That's it. I think things
0: that I say always sound better in my mind than
1: they, they definitely do. They totally do. Yeah. Because you think quicker than you can speak, because you make sense of the thoughts uh, with all the other information that's swirling around in there. And as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you realize that actually you're stumbling over your words, or there's more information that's just not making it out, or you're sort of explaining less information and you're actually trying to leave it up to assumptions that the other person may or may not have and that's dangerous territory.
0: Definitely. And I think um, one of the things that I find is just because you don't know the questions doesn't mean you can't prepare for them. So there are a few um, techniques that interviewers use. One is behavioural interviewing, which is an interviewer that asks the candidate for examples from their past experience experience. And any person can prepare for that type of question. So, can, you give us,
1: can you give us an example? What would be a behavioural yeah. interview question that you might have asked recently?
0: So I would be asking a candidate, can you tell me about a significant project that you've led and what were the challenges you faced on that project?
1: Okay. So the way I would answer that, there, some people talk about the STAR methodology. I tend to just simplify and call it the SAR methodology, S-A-R, which is situation, action, result. Is that what your recommendation would be as well? Yeah. Well, what would t- talk us through your answer because I reckon that will help. What did you say? I wasn't even listening to the question. What was the question again? Oh, it was. That um, that actually happens in interviews. So can you tell me the question again? Uh, except you wouldn't say how I said it. You would say, would you mind repeating the question, please?
0: Yes. Yes. And that does happen because we get nervous. Uh, the question that I asked was, what is a, a significant project you've worked on? And what were some of the challenges you faced leading that project?
1: Okay. So, if I was going to break that down into a SAR answer, S-A-R, and I'll cheat a little bit here. I might not talk you through an exact answer because I've got a job, but what I will do is talk to you about how I'd break that down. So the first thing I would do is actually spend uh, a small amount of time, only about 20% of my answer on the situation. So I'd give a little bit of context. I'd explain who was involved, what the purpose of the project was, what success looked like. And then I would move to the action. Now, this is where you want to spend actually about 60% of your time because this is where you're proving what you did and you take ownership of that. So even if you've worked as a team, I think it's really important that when you're at interview without coming across cocky, and I think we'll talk about cocky versus confident at interview a little bit today, you actually want to take that ownership and really emphasize the, the role that you play. So spending about 60% of your time in the answer on, or I would be spending about 60% of my time in the answer on what I've actually done. And then to wrap it up, we're talking about the results. So that's the last 20% and that's really rounding it out and comparing it, what actually happened, what was the outcome to what you've already described as being the success factor or what success looks like.
0: Great. And I think it's good to have the way that you frame it and the way in which you prepare for that is you can in advance, write down, okay, well, if, say, the question on the big project, you can write your questions and form them in that way that M's just described. So, the situation, action, results. Yeah. And then you can actually start to practice that so that when you go into those, um, that interview, you can tweak your response to a number of different questions. So, that particular example, say, of the a significant project you've worked on could also be used for what was a success uh that you or what's something you've achieved in your workplace mm, so
1: absolutely. you can tailor it to teamwork because chances are if we're talking about projects we're talking about teamwork so uh, i think you can use that same example but perhaps in that situation that action and result focus on a different slightly different outcome. Angle. totally
0: yeah. and I, I think that's where that preparation comes in, because you might look back over your, say you've been employed for five years in a job, you might pick the 10 key things that you've done in that time, write your situation, action, result out on a piece of paper and then you practice it on your drive to work, Mm -hmm. you become quite familiar with that content and you can then tweak it to whatever the questions might be. But in that interview, you're bringing up your top 10 almost things that you've achieved. So you're showing the best you're putting your best foot forward, you're showing your best... side, I guess, in that interview context.
1: Yeah. And look, there might be moments where I say things um, today that I use for prep that maybe resonate or maybe don't with others. But for example, if I was answering, I would actually sit at that table, for example, and I would know that I need to hit on those three things. And as I hit on each of them, so as I know that it comes out of my mouth situation, I'd actually um, sort of count that on one finger. And then when I get to the action, I'd count it on the second finger, or that's part of my answer. And then, you know, three fingers counting up to that result piece so you can keep yourself on track I think that's the other thing is by practicing out loud and preparing prior you can put in place little um even just physical cues for yourself to keep track of your answers to avoid yourself rambling
0: totally and it means that afterwards you're not kicking yourself because you're thinking I forgot to say this or I forgot to say that you're following a bit of a method just like you would um anything that you're writing down there's a method to it and it gets you to
1: the point quickly So how do I, how do we know, Shell, in your mind, how can we predict some of those questions? Do you have any ideas around that? So my, I differ on that in terms of, I
0: don't really care so much about the questions. I like to put down my key achievements. So what are the big things that I've done? And then I look at how I can tailor them to any type of questions. So for example, if I'm talking about, let's go back to the project one. So I've managed a big project and let it out but there's a, there isn't a question about project management, but there's a question about managing competing priorities. I'll just work
1: out how I tweak it. So, you, are you comfortable then at an interview? Um, that for me feels a little bit on the spot in a slightly different way because um, I'll tell you, I guess, how I would tackle it, which is different and you've got to work out what works for you. But do you feel quite comfortable if you know that you're well prepared in those 10 achievements that when you're there on the day, they ask you, you're going to be able to make that work? That gives you comfort? I think it helps
0: me to show the things that I've achieved in the job and make sure I hit on those. So there was uh, years and years ago when I went for an interview, I remember I hadn't done this prep work. And in that kind of context, I left thinking, oh, I've had, I had all these other experiences that I could have shared, but I didn't. And you you don't necessarily know what questions are going to get asked, but you do know what you've done in your job. And you can bring that out in a variety of ways. Now, there are definitely questions that get asked at lots of interviews that are consistent, like, strengths, weaknesses, biggest achievement, biggest failure, like those kinds of uh, common ones. So you can definitely prepare for those. But I do think it's about looking back, not leaving it to chance.
1: Okay. So if we flip it, I guess the thing I would add is if you were somebody that felt a sense of comfort in trying to guess maybe what some of the themes of some of the questions would be about, the way I tend to go about this is actually looking at the job advertisement. If you can get your hands on a position description, fine. But uh, most of the time you might only have the job advertisement. And when you're applying for that job, I recommend actually saving that as a um, PDF or copying and pasting the job content because when that job ad expires... Chances are it will have by the time you're going for interview, you won't be able to access it again. So keep a copy of that somewhere and go back through and have a look at what are the criteria that the the job ad is asking for. It might be in dot points Mm. around responsibilities or it might actually be through sort of paragraphs in the body of the ad. And if they talk to communication or teamwork or analytical thinking skills, chances are you're going to be asked a question about those things. So you can kind of, I guess to your point, Um, still work out what your achievements are, but maybe have a little bit of a heads up on which angle you might need to use to present those.
0: So I've, uh, I guess, told you how I like to do it. What are the questions that you
1: see come up commonly in interviews? I think commonly in interviews, you're going to see not only those behavioural interview questions, but probably also some of the more generic and linear ones. So it might be, what motivated you to apply for this role? Before that, it might even be just simply tell us about yourself. And that is often a really early question that's asked. It's often an opener. And it's probably one of the most uncomfortable for people to answer because, right up front, it's center stage. Tell us about you, talk about yourself. And how you go about that in a really succinct and relevant way without rambling can be really tricky for people. So, they're probably two of the earlier ones that will get asked. It's the strengths, it's the weaknesses. But towards the end of an interview, you might also find that you're being asked how you spend your time outside of work or if you have any questions for us, for the interviewer.
0: Absolutely. And I think we're going to get to the questions for the interviewer a bit later. But on that strengths and weaknesses, that's always a really fascinating one. And, and having sat on lots of interview panels, one of the things that really, I think, bothers me as an interviewer is the weakness question where we say to someone, what would you say your biggest weakness is and often the response that you get back from a candidate is a
1: false positive so it's well my biggest weakness is I work too hard I had one recently um I it was a little bit of a I think it was more of a, a sort of the strengths one but similar thing where it was I'm really good at working autonomously but I'm also really good at working in a team and so it's a similar sort of sense of bother I think that you get because you just go, oh, come on, dude, be real with me. Like give me something a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. And I think, I think as an interviewer you want the realness and that was one of my other points around I want to get to know the candidate. I want to know them well enough to give them a job to spend 40 hours a week with them. Like that's a, that's a big decision. And so I want them to be real enough to say what their weakness is
1: weaknesses are so So we'd probably call that out a sort of second tip I think is be real yes and that weakness question is a good way to bring that out what would be your answer then to that if I was to ask you
0: oh so my answer would be and I I I think um those who've worked with me would agree would be attention to detail so I've had to work really hard and I would just say that
1: This is good for me to learn about you.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Attention to detail. It's um, something I've had to work really hard on. And so the way I would communicate that in an interview, because you don't want to, you certainly don't want to um, disadvantage yourself, but you want to be honest and authentic enough so they go, okay, cool, this person has enough self-awareness because that to me is the bigger tick. It's like, oh, yeah, they're self-aware. We're all human, aren't we? Totally. we all have strengths and we all definitely have weaknesses. And so... The way I would communicate that is by saying one of the things that I've really had to work on in my career has been attention to detail. I love to see the big picture, but it means that I do miss small details and over the years I've really had to hone that as a skill and I've had to get people on my team or around me that have that as their strength to help me grow in that area. And so I continually work on that and I have gotten better, but I do know and recognize my own weaknesses and continually uh, look to build upon that. And so you're showing I've got desire to grow, but I also have self-awareness enough to know I'm not perfect and I need help in that area.
1: I think then what you can do as well is you start to break down the conversation and allow for it to be a place where the organization, which is represented by that person on the interview panel, they can offer, well, what is wonderful about our organization or about this business or this team, but also show a level of self-awareness organizationally and go, you know what? Uh, we're not perfect either. So this business, this company is not perfect. And let us share with you why we get that you're human and, you know, this is where you can offer something. But maybe it even starts to align when you're talking about strengths and weaknesses between the business, not only between the people working in the team, you're just having a more real conversation all around.
0: Definitely. And I think being that upfront and honest is really helpful because once, once you've kind of communicated that, if that actual weakness is core to the role, so say attention to detail was core to the role and I have a really big like gap or skills gap in that area I don't think I'm going to be able to fulfill that job anyway.
1: Yeah good point or have you perhaps been working on it so naturally you're not strong in attention to detail but through your career you've recognized that early you've been chipping away at it and you've got some tools and techniques and things in place that mean that it doesn't actually hinder you and you can use the conversation to prove that that's
0: it and I mean I'm keen to know Em from I guess your perspective so on the flip side talking about weaknesses is hard that's something that comes up don't use the false positive just be real how do you do the strengths because people can find the strengths as as hard because they don't want to kind of become across as cocky or Overconfident.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And I actually think the other risk with strengths is you gloss over it because you think if you just rattle off some things that sound like they really align or they're really positive, that that's going to be enough and that's going to be okay. But I actually, again, it's about evidence. Don't simply tell me that you're really great at working autonomously and making decisions. I needed to prove that to me. So I think it's about using, again, um, you actually, you answer it perhaps with that overarching statement and then turn it into that SAR response we talked about where you give a almost a behavioural interview answer, interview question answer to actually evidence that. Number three,
0: top tip is to get to the point quickly. So in an interview, the interviewer can often be doing, you know, eight interviews in a day. How many, like, would you say
1: eight Oh, absolutely. When it's on, it's on. And so, look, it might be four, it might be eight, but even if it's four, I guarantee that they're not just sitting twiddling their thumbs at their desk in between. And interviewing is exhausting. So, think about when you sit and listen
0: for eight hours to people answering the same questions, as an interviewer, you get really tired. So, by the end of the day, I don't know about you, Am, you've been interviewing. You've done a lot more interviews
1: than me, but I'm exhausted. Yeah, because the other thing you want to do is you want to be really focused for everybody that comes through the door. So you really do, to do your job well, you take it seriously as far as being there for them and listening intently. It's exhausting, absolutely. That's right.
0: And so I think where getting to the point quickly is really important because the interviewer is able to stay engaged for that question And then they get re-engaged when they move on to the next question and ask the next
1: one. Oh, and you don't risk running out of room or running out of time for all the questions because the last thing you want is to only get through three questions, not nine.
0: That's right. And I think going back to our first tip is prepare so that you can be succinct and concise in your responses and that way you can get through as many questions um, as you can
1: actually I work um, so from an agency point of view with clients and we recently had a client who gave feedback on a round of interviews that they did for a role and they had allocated an hour for each of those interviews and every single candidate except one they ran over time And they put it down to the inability of those applicants to get to the point quickly. But because they had one person that did it and did it well and just like knocked it out of the park, they knew it was possible. And that person immediately not only had the opportunity to get through more questions and therefore provide more examples of how wonderful they are, they were also seen as, I guess, a step ahead because they were able to be really clear and concise.
0: I think that is uh, a great example of why we need to get to the point quickly. So on that, that's the end of that point.
1: <laughs> All right, number four. Uh, so what do we have for number four, Shell?
0: Okay, so this is about questions. I'm super keen to hear your what you think about this because I love when the athlete gets to now it's time for you to ask us questions. Oh, so this is questions
1: for the interviewer. Yeah. So, yes. So, have you got any questions for us? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, look, I love this one. Um, I actually, in my mind, break it down into three types of questions. So, I don't know if this is how your brain works, but I go, there's questions about the organisation, there's questions about the team, and there's questions about the role. Uh, I feel like this is a rhetorical question, but have you ever had anyone ask yourself, or say to you, rather, uh I think you've answered everything. Oh my goodness. That is, yes. I think you've answered everything and you're like, but you, I just asked you 10 questions. You haven't asked me a single thing. Also, are you about to sign up for this job full time? Because if you are, or even part-time, but you're about to sign up for this job, major life change. We've spent 45 minutes to an hour together. Are you sure you don't have
0: any other questions? Wow. Yeah, it happens.
1: So what would we ask? So should we rattle off some examples? Yes. Okay, cool. So I guess, I mean, get your pens out. These are sort of my go-tos. There's many, many, many others that you can ask, but uh, I'd love to share a few. So if I'm thinking, and maybe you pick a few from each and you take those along, how do you actually, how do you feel, Shelley, about um, taking your questions along, written down, sort of prepared? I love it. Okay.
0: Why? Because I feel like it shows initiative on part of the candidate, yeah. and that they've come, or they've, they've thought beforehand about, here's the key things that I need to know from this, this employer. I love it. Yeah you-
1: Look, I agree, um, because the other thing it does is it says, "I'm invested." Yes. So, I think that's around that preparation and, and that real, you look like, you've actually spent some time thinking about this job and this business before you've walked in the room. The interviewer writes their questions down. So, why can't you? You don't have to write, learn it or memorize it. That I, I love it. It's awesome. What, what do you okay. recommend people ask yep. the interviewer? Okay. So, I think… Uh, Got a, I actually did, I did a bit of preparation for this actually. So um, <laughs> from an organisational level, I think some key questions I'd want to be hitting on is, uh, or are, what is the vision for the organisation? Nice. The next one might be, what do you see as the greatest challenges for the organisation in this industry? And where do you see the greatest opportunity? So again, you're starting to get some insights from that person who is an expert, not only in that business, but also in that industry into where it's going. And then the third one I'd recommend as a bit of a go-to from an organizational level would be, how would you describe the culture of the organization and why do you like working here?
0: Yeah, I love that. Why do you like working here? It gets really
1: nice and personal too. Yeah, it just softens the tone, I think. And by this point, again, you've spent 30, 45 an hour uh, with these people or with this person. So hopefully you've found that level of comfort where they can open up a little bit as well.
0: Definitely. And I, the other thing, um, one of the questions I've loved hearing applicants or candidates ask is, um, as, a, as a manager, so for the hiring manager, asking them a question about what do they want for their team or person reporting to them? what um, What's their leadership style? Something personal about that hiring manager that can sometimes um, cause them to think, oh, I and people like talking about themselves. Yeah. So that hiring manager is going to be keen to tell you what they want on their
1: team. Absolutely. And if that person, if the leader of the role that you're going into or your manager's not in the room, you can still ask that question because you can, it's actually one that I had written down here. You can just simply rephrase it. to: so what kind of leader is the manager of this role? Can you describe their leadership style for me, please?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a heaps better way of wording it than how I wear it. <laughs> I need, I need uh, you to give
1: me some more tips. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, well, I think you're better at answering interview questions than I am. I'm a bit rusty. <laughs> um, so, the other one I would say for a, at a team level, because I think that's where we're starting to drill down to, is can you describe the team to me? and In particular, who would I be working most closely with? And what you're looking for there is for them to give you a reasonable level of detail. Yeah. Or, um, uh, you know, what about what kind of people are really successful in this business? What kind of people or behaviors have you found don't fit? So there's a few double barrelers in here, but yeah. let's just jam them in.
0: Totally. So. Tip number four was ask good questions.
1: Yeah. Hey, I've got a couple of role questions. Can I add those in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, that's fine. Um, so look, just a couple. I'd suggest also just really clarifying what success looks like for in the role. So Great. what's the unique contribution that this role needs to make to help the business reach its goals? Because then basically what you're saying is, look, I'm, again, I'm invested in what this business is trying to do. Sign me up. But you're saying it through a question and- you are not leaving anything to chance because the answers to these questions will actually help you be successful when you arrive on day one.
0: Awesome, love Mm -hmm. it. I also, I think asking good questions is so important because it shows that you're curious and inquisitive and um, managers and employers love new candidates and employees who are inquisitive who show that curiosity because it kind of shows that learning posture and when someone comes in and says now nah, you've answered all my questions it's a bit jarring
1: so it's jarring and it's a bit of a cop-out mm. uh, I think of uh, interviewing probably the whole recruitment process to be honest but in particular this interview stage is a first date and then a second date and a third date potentially depending on how many interviews they put you through and if you were to picture yourself going on a first date and you are asked a whole bunch of questions where this other person is actually taking an interest in who you are, what you're trying to achieve, what you do in life. And at the end of it, you go, okay, thanks for that. And then walk away without asking them anything about themselves. Like, I, I'm not sure you'll get a second date.
0: I That is such a good analogy. Hmm. Uh, I, that's mm, No one likes to uh, not have an opportunity to talk about themselves. I know,
1: I know, exactly. <laughs> so just think about it if you're sitting there on a date, or even with a, you know, even if you're just like, it's just making a new friend, then it's a bit weird if they ask you about you and you don't return the favor. So, interviews are no different.
0: All right. Tip number five, lucky last.
1: Oh, we actually, we had a great question. So, um, this one was just, uh, I guess, all about presentation. And I'm going to say this verbatim. What the hell do you wear if you're a woman in a non-business industry? For example, construction. So, am I showing up in my high-vis and steel cap boots or am I chucking my fancy pants and heels on? Uh, Mm. What is our answer to the presentation question? What's your answer? My answer is just ask them. So, when you are being invited to the interview, I'm actually a big believer in don't ask anyone. The questions that are more appropriate for during the interview but absolutely ask a couple of key questions that will help you turn up being the best version of you so what i mean by that is actually don't be afraid to make sure that you know who is going to be in the room so if that that employer is on the phone to you saying please come in for this interview no worries get the logistics down pat and then just simply say would you mind um if i asked who will be in the room and then also perhaps say listen i work in um, an environment that means that I wear high-vis each day, do you feel like it would be appropriate for me to come because I'll be coming on my way to work or I'll be coming straight from work? Would it be appropriate for me to become dressed that way? Or do you think it would be more appropriate for me to be more corporate for this?
0: Yeah, right. That's good to know that you can actually ask those questions. Mm-hmm. I haven't totally had a question like that posed to me as a, in recruitment or in interviews, but it is good to go, just ask the question. It yeah. can't hurt.
1: It doesn't hurt. Why make assumptions? Don't grill them. But if there's one or two things that are just going to make sure that you aren't playing a guessing game, it's totally fine.
0: And I think, so what's your take? I, I think it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. What's your take?
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, that it, I, You know, we come back to first impressions, but also what you're saying through your non-verbals. And to have put some effort in, that will translate to how they think of you and maybe the assumptions, which we all make as humans. I, as I say, I try to avoid assumptions, but we do make them about how you apply yourself to the rest of your work.
0: And I think um, that kind of goes back to the cognitive bias that every person has. And bias happens in terms of appearance. So Absolutely. where you present well, go and buy new Blazer, go and do whatever. But I think coming and feeling confident, sometimes actually putting an effort into that presentation can make you feel more confident in the interview. And that then comes across and transfers um, as the interviewer kind of gauges, you know, how you look and yeah. how you I present. Think
1: the other thing I would say, though, and look, this is not to create too much gray, but there are instances where someone might turn up in a suit and tie, for example, or in a really um, corporate. Sort of blazer and skirt combo with sky high heels, and it actually doesn't translate appropriately to the work environment. It actually, you know, use that word jarring earlier. I have seen it happen where somebody misses the mark, and it makes them seem like they might not understand the environment. For example, if it's more industrial or uh, it's maybe mining or related, as opposed to a, a shiny corporate office. So I think sometimes putting in more effort or being a little bit overdressed doesn't necessarily mean being 10 sort of points overdressed.
0: Yeah. And I think getting a sense of the business is yeah. really helpful in that of you might be going for a job in a marketing or a creative agency and um, it is more casual and that's, that's part of their vibe and culture. Get a sense of that beforehand um, by
1: researching. Look on LinkedIn. So, what are they wearing? Maybe on their website, they might have pictures of um, their themselves or so their team. Or on Instagram, there might be a corporate page on Instagram that shows them out and about and doing different things around the office,
0: and getting yeah that that can help to get a read. I think that's a great way to way of doing it. So, there was a question submitted, M. I think that's the last of our top tips. So, presentation, why it matters. We've wrapped that one up. There was a there was a question that came in from someone um, about how to respond to this question what is your five-year goal and how do you answer that question if your five-year goal is to start a family
1: oh I was (laughs) I saw this one here and I thought you couldn't possibly ask me that question I don't have a family um (laughs) (laughs) I want to turn this one around back on you (laughs) Uh, but there you go uh look I think it's an for me I go to well does that have to be part of your answer And it, again, is probably one where there's no hard and fast rule. Um, Look, not if you agree at me or or shake your head if you, you disagree. But I think if you were in your first interview, I would probably recommend erring on the side of emphasizing your professional experience in your answers while still showing some personality and maybe hold on some of those personal goals that you've got. What would you say? I think
0: that's really good about how how does it relate to the job? Mm. Now, I realised one of our tips before was be real and authentic and we definitely want you to do that. Um, I wouldn't recommend anyone say anything that could be used against them. And unfortunately saying, it's really sad actually, and we are going to talk about this later where we do an episode on parental leave, Mm. but this is one of those really complex areas where you might expose yourself to discrimination by kind of flagging yeah, look, I want to start a family. And um, yeah, so it's a bit of the dark side of
1: employment. I really... Um yeah, but I mean, we've got to be real about it right now. Like that does minimise your chances. Unfortunately, it probably minimises your chances of getting that job if there is somebody else who all things are even otherwise, but perhaps they haven't disclosed that same need for a, or preference for a career break at some point in the semi-near future. Like, unfortunately, I think that's just we've got to be real. And it it shouldn't happen.
0: I think it comes back to when you're answering that question of what's your five-year goal, focusing on the professional side of it, okay, well, my five-year goal is to do my um, postgrad and to pursue um, career advancement in this industry, in this workplace, then that's a great answer Um, to bring in your family side of things whilst that is part of your five-year plan it could expose you to an uh or disadvantage you and so I I wouldn't recommend
1: responding which is it makes me sad to think about that but that's kind of but I think for the sake of the conversation we're having today if we're talking about advice and what our advice would be I think that's the best way forward and I think
0: someone else submitted a question um Around how do you respond to those questions where there is discrimination, just blatant like, or questions that can lead to sorry discrimination. So the thing of uh, when do you plan on having a baby, mm. and I think those are so complicated, but they give you a really good insight into that business. So if they're asking questions like that, when do you plan on having a baby? Um, I'd be I'd be flagging that. Yeah,
1: I agree. I um. I think the thing we have to remember, no matter how comfortable or uncomfortable we feel as the interviewee, you can absolutely have interviewers who are really good at what they do or not very good at what they do. And that might come from a place of they're just not practiced, so they're doing the best they can, or it might come from a place of they choose to ask questions that are really inappropriate and you end up in a situation where you've got to answer that. I've I've been really lucky. I actually have never had an experience where I've been asked a question that's made me feel that uncomfortable. But have you, shall, come up across that, come across that?
0: Um, I have seen it happen, but it was, it was quite a long time ago. And I think, um, I think it is good to, to prepare if, mm. if that's the stage of life that you're at, where you're thinking about uh, starting a family. Um, it's good to just have a response. And, and look, I, I really believe that if, if someone asks a question that makes you feel uncomfortable like that, it's not a workplace you want to be.
1: In. I agree. Especially if they're asking you it on the first date, so to speak. That's
0: right. <laughs> they're giving away, they're showing a bit of their hand. You can imagine what it'll be like when red you get flag. in. Red flag. That's yep, it. Red flag. All right. So I think we should recap. What are our top five tips for acing the interview? All
1: right. Number one, prepare. So this is all about knowing the answers that you're going to use for the questions you don't know you're going to be asked yet. Number two, get to the point quickly. Three, we want you to be real. Show them who you really are and Be authentic, start to open up. Number four is making sure that you don't default to the whole, no, I don't have any questions for you and turning up with a selection of things to ask about the organisation, the team and the role. And then lastly, presentation. So first impressions really matter. So
0: that's it for today. If you have any career wins or interview wins or horror stories, we're really interested. So send through your questions, stories via the My Millennial Money Facebook group. Great to hang out with you. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Shaw. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.